Hello and welcome to this edition of our In Conversation series. Uh, I'm Andrew Guile, a solicitor and a director here at GM Law, and I'm with my colleague today, um, Luke Cowles, and today we're going to be talking about an issue linked to the Equality Act um, and issues of discrimination, and specifically the issues coming out of the case in Northern Ireland of Lee against the Ashes Baking Company. Um, this video is not intended to be um, an all-encompassing uh, trawl through the Equality Act and discrimination issues. We're really going to try and narrow down uh, and look at um, some of the issues that are coming out of the Lee and Ashes case. Um, but it probably still is helpful that we give some essential basics in relation to the Equality Act issues and discrimination issues that underpin the case, such that our discussion that we're going to have um, makes sense to people who, who might not have some of that essential knowledge um, already, uh, you know, um, well um, sort of versed, assimilated. Yeah. Um, so, Luke, let's 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 start off with looking at some of the essential um, aspects of the Equality Act and discrimination yeah. issues that sort of underpin the uh, the Leon Ashes case. Yeah, exactly. So, the Equality Act 2010 it sort of draws together a lot of legislation that was very much split before. You had the Sex Discrimination Act, Disability Discrimination Disability Discrimination Act, sorry, and you know before you had different sort of characteristics. And, and different laws dealing with this. And, and the idea of the Equality Act, by drawing it together, it, it mentions about protected characteristics, uh, mm. age, disability, uh, gender reassignment, uh, marriage, uh, and I'm looking at my notes, pregnancy, maternity, race, sex, and sexual orientation. And uh, it, it's the idea that setting out rights about sort of direct discrimination, indirect harassment, etc., um, and how people sort of I suppose interact with people within those protected characteristics, and this is how this case, uh, the Yashes case, um, the Lever Yashes case, comes about. Um, now, when it comes to sort of direct discrimination, which we'll sort of deal in in a bit more detail, uh, because this is the sort of direct subject in this particular case. Yeah. You know, it's usually fairly um, rudimentary. You know, person A discriminates against person B because of that protected characteristic. You know. Um, certainly ourselves as police action lawyers you know stop and search is is something that, that there's a balance between stop and search being arguably direct discrimination from the officer who sees someone of a particular type let's say and there's decides they look suspicious because of that type let's say race in yeah. this regard but then arguably there's also the indirect side of things where perhaps the policy is made and the policy looks nice and blanket but perhaps it's going to by, by the very nature of the policy, um, end up affecting certain types of groups of people more than others. Yeah. Um, so that's certainly... I mean, for instance, you could have a policy just to have unfettered stop and search, um, yeah. you know, to look for knives or whatever, a Section 60 authorization in, in, in a certain area or certain roads, very confined areas within London, for instance, which would undoubtedly be targeting specific yeah. um, people from specific communities who happen exactly. to live within certain areas um, or something like that. Exactly, and I think the issue with often discrimination, just from an evidential point and certainly sort of a practical point from us, is it's sometimes very difficult to prove. You know, discrimination, if someone physically writes something down, says something which is, you know, sort of at least objectively to everyone else quite clearly discriminatory fine brilliant but otherwise often it is something that's in the mind 
Um, and you can't always prove that certain actions were a result of discriminating against that pr protected characteristic. The person may well have done, but they may well be able to, at least on paper, show there was other reasons why they've done it. And then when it comes to sort of that balance of probabilities test, which obviously courts have to apply, it, it might be difficult to sort of prove for certain, or I suppose it doesn't need to be certain nature of balance of probabilities, but but trying to prove that that's the reason they did it. And so mm. it goes beyond just, I suspect I have had my rights violated, needing to have that evidence. You know, Officers, we know they're not likely to write in their pocket notebooks, stop this person because of the colour of their skin. No. I mean, that'd be brilliant if they did. That would make our life immeasurably easier. But I think certainly in this case, it's a bit more clear, if you like, as to what the bakers claim as their reason because they're quite let's, averse let's, to what they say they let's roll it back let's 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 have a look at the facts and, and, okay, and yeah, actually um, go through what what happened in the case and then we can look at the, the what, the, what the courts said and, and how, what we ended up in in this with the court saying in, in the supreme court yes so this is all about a cake it is so um Mr. Lee, as I understand it, go in, goes into the Ashes uh, Bakery in Northern Ireland and they have a, um, a service that they offer within the bakery where you can go in and you can have your cake iced with anything you want on it, including messages and what have you. Um, and Mr. Lee um, went in and asked to have a picture, I'm not sure if it was a transfer or, or something like that, yeah, it's Burton, got, it had of Burton Ernie, Burton Ernie yeah. um, and uh, underneath that was, was a slogan in support of gay marriage, and at that time, as the court found for at least 12 to 18 months prior to this time, the question of gay marriage being legalised, um, well yeah, that's certainly one of the was, things, was, was a political issue. And certainly in Northern Ireland, it is different to us, we, we legalised marriage for um, homosexual couples already exists in mainland UK, Northern Ireland, it's Northern still Ireland. a live issue yeah. where obviously it's going to touch on emotions that much more because yeah. I think only, I think even in the judgment it mentions in 2014 how, you know, an attempt was made to try and get it brought in and it essentially failed. So that sort of campaign, understandably, it continues. Mm. And certainly that, you know, that's where Mr. Lee's coming from in this yeah. regard. So I think the, the, the two main characteristics or protected characteristics um, that were active in the Supreme Court are his um, political beliefs, his desire to you know to to um, get the law amended, to, to advance um, yeah the the political agenda that he was supportive of in terms of legalizing gay marriage, um, and in relation to the fact that he was a gay man. Yes. I mean, of course, you could have someone going in and asking for a cake to be made like this who isn't gay. Yeah, because but, lots of but, people but still support, support it outside. Absolutely, of, yeah. Absolutely yeah. yeah. So, so that's what happens. So he goes in, um, and the um, I think initially they take his order, but when, do, but, but yeah. when they but when um, Mrs. Asher, who comes to I think make an ice the cake, sees what 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 she's being asked to put on it, she she refuses, and, and they think they refund him. I think. Yeah. I um, think, and then he the, brings a discrimination. The case. suggestion is is that, and, and, and again, you know, it could be slightly wrong, but I do remember sort of reading either through commentary or, or the actual facts directly that the reason his order wasn't necessarily taken straight away was not to sort of embarrass him in front of all the other potential customers that might have been there, but also, I mean, there's a question of I'm, I'm not sure if it was necessarily the owners who took took the order as well, but mm. but yes, later on, a sort of telephone call happens from Mrs. 
um, Asher, if you like, she calls, or not Mrs. Asher, but sorry, um, you know, the, the, the telephone call happens and then that's when they reject his order and, and the refund is given. Yeah. So he brings a claim and in, and in the two lower tiers of court, he wins. Uh, both yes. of the lower tiers, well, the lower and middle tier, fine. So yeah, county court then, court of appeal, win, yeah. win, and obviously it's appealed from the county court. And appeal from the Court of Appeal again. Yeah, and then we've then they find themselves at the Supreme Court, the highest court um, in the UK, um, and they take a different view. So t- tell us, tell us what their view was. Well, certainly, and, and also the view itself—it's it, a unanimous view. So five judges all unanimously agreeing, and you know we'll come to that in due course. But I think obviously that matters because if it was say a split three to two decision, then that would have shown. Even in this situation, certainly amongst those judges, there's, there's a lack of clarity. But mm. five judges all coming out in support of, of I suppose, the Mr. and Mrs. MacArthur, who, who you know, are the owners of, of the bakery. And the sort of dividing line comes down to, did they refuse to make this cake because of his sexual orientation? Or was it that the message that he wanted on the cake, is that the reason that they were objecting to it? Mm. And putting it in sort of uh, as basic terms as you can put it, if they had discriminated on the basis of his sexual orientation, clearly protected characteristic, direct discrimination mm. would, would be present. But as far as I can see from what I've read, there was, there was no evidence advanced that... Yes that he, Mr Lee wasn't even claiming that they had well he was claiming that they'd done it because he was gay mm-hmm. but there was, certainly wasn't any evidence put before the court mm-hmm. to show that that was their mindset yes you know, there wasn't any conversation that that went along the lines of um, no I'm sorry we don't make cakes for gay yeah. people that, and he was never I think mm-hmm. trying to ad, ad, advance that he was just saying well I you know as a matter of fact I'm gay I've Make an order. I've, I've, I've made an order for a cake supporting gay marriage, and they've said no. So I think it's because they've done it because I'm gay. Yeah, um, and and I think obviously, you know, later on in the judgment, which is not too common, they actually reference an American case, um, which is which happened to happen in that sort of time frame when they're sort of looking at the decision, and they distinguish it because in, in that particular American case, the baker actually. Um, got a sort of a, a, a gay couple you know, celebrating their marriage want a wedding cake and the baker refuses to make a wedding cake for them no matter what and it is mm. because you know essentially he disagrees with you know sort of gay marriage in that regard so it isn't a question of I will make you a cake but just not with that slogan it's a question of I'm not making you a cake at all because of who you are yeah and I think that's clear that's certainly that's clearly discriminatory yeah absolutely and, and, and I think that's certainly one thing and as I said, it's, it's not too common that you know American situations are directly referenced in our own in our own mm. courts, if you like, because they don't actually have material or direct effect in that yeah, regard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's I think an, an attempt to try and distinguish between what the issue is here that's being argued and what the issue was there. I think it's often done because the thought process behind the decision is one which is easily ex- extrapolatable. Absolutely. If there is such a word as extrapolatable. We'll uh, it, it can be used over here, you know, quite respectively um, and reasonably in, in a different uh, or and or similar context. Yes. But what this what this case really seems to come down to for me is is the court looking at um, Mr. and Mrs. MacArthur's. Sorry, I called them Mr. and Mrs. Asher. It was Asher's Bakery. I think confused with names. Um, 
they, they looked at their Article 9 and Article 10 rights. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah. So Article 10 being freedom of expression, yeah. 9 being in relation to sort of beliefs and religion. Yeah, because the way that the Supreme Court sort of like took the facts of this case and just sort of like turned them around and said, well, actually, looking at it from the wrong point of view, what's, what's really happening here is the bakery is saying, we, you know, we don't think that we should be criticised for refusing to produce a product for you which has upon it a slogan with which we, for our, our own religious reasons... Um, fundamentally disagree with yes. and we don't feel that your rights not to be discriminated against and, and things like this um, is, is it's not right to look at it from that point of view what you're doing is criticising us for our behaviour and our behaviour has been done for these reasons um, and our behaviour in that regard has its own protections yes. under, article, uh, under articles 9 and 10 of the, of the European Convention and so essentially what, what the Supreme Court is saying is, is, is that um, you know, there's no evidence that they did do this discriminatory. They weren't refusing to make a cake for a gay person. They were saying, you can't force us and we are not going to be forced to um, um, produce a cake with that slogan on it because we fundamentally disagree with it. And obviously at the time they had no idea probably of their Article 9 and 10 rights, but when analysed after the event, it can be seen that they are entitled to do that. Yeah. And, and one thing that that I was, I was reminded of when I, when I read through um, the Supreme Court judgment is that, you know, Article 10 is, is there to protect your freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, it, and Article 10 doesn't specifically say um, that it is also there to protect your right not to be forced to say something. Yes. Um, and yet this is a case, and there are other cases before, which do demonstrate that it, it can and it should be um, interpreted in that in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first, at first glance, Article Ten might seem, well, how does well, how does Article Ten come into this? But this right to speech, to, to or free speech, also um, can be looked at the other way, and it's a right not to be forced to say something that you don't want to say, and, and, and that's um, something which obviously the lower courts were just hadn't really taken into account perhaps they weren't addressed on it by the advocates it's difficult to be clear but but it's an interesting case from that perspective absolutely I mean uh, just looking at paragraph 34 um, just so anyone following wants to look at the judgment they can see where we're referencing it it talks about this principle which which they look at called associative discrimination now essentially what associative discrimination is what they're saying in this case is it's the possibility uh, that a person may be less favorably treated on account of another person's sexual orientation so for example if mr lee wasn't a gay man he may well have been a heterosexual man still support the idea of gay marriage still be the one in the bakery asking for this cake for this message as part of celebration as part of the party that they may or may not be going to and they may be discriminated not because that they are gay but because of because other people that they sort of support that message with may be gay and so that's associative discrimination and in paragraph 34 you've got uh, lady hell who writes the judgment she says this was a case of associative discrimination or it was nothing and then sort of going towards the end of that paragraph she literally says in a nutshell the objection was to the message and not to any particular person or persons yeah uh, and so certainly that that's one of the issues that sort of comes out of it in regards to how, I suppose, it, Lady Howe approaches 
this particular mm. situation. Uh, and you can you can certainly understand from an empathetic point of view. Uh, I think Mr. Lee, when he came out of the Supreme Court afterwards, talked about how he felt he had been treated like a second-class citizen mm. in that regard. Mm. And certainly, yeah, you can understand, we can that. understand that. I mean, without without a shadow of a doubt, you can understand that. But as I've referenced earlier in this in this video, you know, there's nothing before the court. It wasn't advanced as as part of his case before the court that they had actively, you know, um, said or done anything that clearly showed that they were discriminating yeah. against him because he was gay. Absolutely. Um, of course, every single case is different, and we could easily conceive of lots of different cases where exactly. there would be evidence of that, and that would be advanced. But it wasn't advanced, um, and as a result, Lady Hale is, is, in my view, absolutely right that this case did come down to whether or not they were prepared to produce a case with that slogan on it, exactly. regardless of who was asking for that to be made. Absolutely. So, when you talk about Lady Hale and how she's done it she, she's ultimately taking the case and she's looking at just how the law stands this isn't about whether they were right to hold that view or, or the sort of political decisions or, or viewpoints between you know sort of gay marriage in Northern Ireland and whether that should be brought in or shouldn't be brought in whilst of course you can completely understand you know the, the sort of surrounding background to it this isn't necessarily, or it isn't at all really, about the merits of, you know, Asher's Bakery and the stance that they took mm. in terms of that political decision. I mean, just looking, you know, I mean, for example, and these, you know, I've got some notes here, which obviously is some of these sort of key bits that Lady Hale mentions. And, and she says, you know, paragraph 35, it does the project of equal treatment, no favours to seek to extend it beyond its scope. Um, some of it is just, you know, sort of repeating, but in a positive way, again, just sort of outlining how the law works in a purely mechanical, um, in a purely mechanical way. And I think that's what it comes down to, certainly when you've mentioned before about protected characteristics and sort of that very fine line between the message and the person. Mm. Um, I mean, again, sort of paragraph 47, the objection was to being required to promote the message on the cake. And again, that goes to, and certainly some of the commentators, you know, sort of, sort of afterwards, you've had some commentators, I think Peter Tatchell, I think it is, he's a, he's a gay rights uh, campaigner, but actually supports this decision because the, the, the difficulty is, is should someone who, for example, is refusing to do, you know, essentially carry out that service because of that uh, message that they profoundly disagree with and I use the word profound because that's the, the word that Lady Hale uses mm. should they be under um, the threat of being sued as a result because essentially that's what's happened here um, they've now I think the slight difference between this situation and future situations is um, future situations will have the benefit of this case to actually compare to um, you know, Lady Hale, the fact that she's referenced the American case largely demonstrates that it was a little bit of unknown territory. Whereas in the future, people can reference this case, which will be our own domestic yeah. law, and it will be innately a precedent in that regard. Mm. Um, I mean, there are some issues, of course, as to how far will it be taken uh, in terms of, you can imagine the arguments of to what extent does a message count as a political opinion, count as a belief, and to what extent are you then allowed to refuse it? And 
of course you can understand. Yeah, and as I, again, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. every single case turns on its facts, and, and I, and, you know, I mean, I've no, I've got absolutely no reason to believe that that, that, that um, the MacArthur's didn't genuinely object to this on religious grounds but you know it would be very easy for someone to say that and not necessarily yes. and for that, and for that assertion not necessarily to be yeah. genuine but but there's clearly uh, an, an acceptance by uh, I think all, all three levels of court here that the MacArthur's did genuinely and profoundly well, exactly. as noted think that you know um, supporting gay marriage was wrong for, for on, on, on religious grounds yeah, um, they would certainly look at sort of your, your background to to see if there is actually a genuine background to yeah. show that you had held those beliefs. You weren't just suddenly using it as a sort of smokescreen sure. for something else. Because of course, if you, if you just take the facts of this case, and in, if there was, you know, if that belief wasn't profoundly held, if there yes. was doubt, if it was advanced that that wasn't a genuinely held belief, yeah. then of course the evidence as it comes out factual evidence might start to swing back towards them having refused because he was gay well absolutely and, that's, and it's almost like you're doing this you're sort of like swinging backwards and forwards between well, what did happen here so of course when you get to the Supreme Court you're talking about issues of law you're not arguing about the facts so facts are established so at that facts point are, yeah. the facts are set they're, they're, they're set in stone and those are the facts of this case and of course like any case this case has to be seen on its facts yes. um, but um, I always think it's helpful perhaps for people people watching videos to think well you know well, it could so easily have swayed back the other way well, had absolutely. there been some doubt about their religion you know if they never went to church or you know yes. if, or if they put they forward evidence it, along those lines exactly because if perhaps you know up until that point there was nothing you know prior in their life which would suggest that they actually subscribe to those sorts of values beliefs yeah. then it would you know I suppose essentially the the um, sort of question would be well actually are you essentially lying yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have discriminated you're just trying to use an alternate sort of idea to get round or essentially try and hide the fact that you had discriminated mm. um, and again like you say obviously by the time it gets to the Supreme Court the facts are set in that regard um, so this isn't sort of uh, you know, re-cross re-cross examination, if you like, or cross examination of, of the people again, because those bits have been done at trial, um, yeah. and you know, they're essentially taking those uh, what happened as agreed, and then just mechanically applying it to, in this case, the Equality Act. Also, looking at the ECHR, obviously, when you mentioned earlier about Article Nine, Article Ten. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot in here, you know, for anyone who looks at the decision about sort of the administrative side of the of how the you know, but largely how it, it came to how it came to on appeal and then yeah, the um, Northern Ireland jurisdictional yeah. issues and stuff, which we haven't had um, touched upon at all. They're not really relevant. The reality is, it did yeah. it did get to trial. It did get to appeal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, absolutely. And we're here discussing it. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. Is there anything else you think would would be helpful? I mean, um, I think anything else you'd like to mention? I mean, I think what's clear is once this judgment was handed down, um, you know, anyone who decides to sort of Google it, if you like, um, you will see people from both sides of the argument um, debating this issue, and, and clearly, you know, it is one that someone was going to feel. I mean, obviously in the nature of cases there's always going to be a winner and a loser if you mm -hmm. like putting it in those simple terms but, but because of the emotive nature of it 
Um, it isn't just simply a, a money dispute, if you like. Um, you know, th there is that sort of people having quite firm views either way as to whether this is a right decision. Um, as I said, you know, perhaps if the decision was three to two, would have opened up a slightly different can of worms. And I'm sure, you know, you can imagine the next 10, 15 years, people sort of chipping away at different things as to what is a message that they are allowed to object to in terms of based on their life and, and what things are perhaps, um, you know, you can't just use certain things as excuses. And again, you know, when it comes to the protected characteristics, um, you know, something we're not going to in this video, but it's, you know, there's the extension of um, adding extra um, protected characteristics in yeah. the future and, and arguments of that as well. Yeah. And certainly, you know, certain types of beliefs maybe as well. But um, for another video, a massive debate in of itself. Okay. Well, we hope you found the video helpful. Um, if you do, there are uh, lots of other videos in our In Conversation series that you might also find um, informative. And if you particularly like it, then please feel free um, to share it. Thank you for joining us. Um, hopefully we'll see you again very soon.